And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the Skype line with us today is Dr. Jerry Newcomb, and he serves as Executive Director of the Providence Forum. Jerry, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Oh, Dan, thank you. appreciate the opportunity. Our listeners may recognize your voice because we have you on the air, Jerry, every Saturday at 12 noon for a shorter program called Vocal Point that we get from GraceNet Radio. And I really appreciate that program and the guests that you have on the air. So right away, I want to thank you for putting out Vocal Point. We appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you for airing it. I appreciate that, too. <laughs> now, um, um, prior to opening the mic today, I was uh, starting to watch a movie, a, a video, by the name of The Road to Independence. And you covered some really interesting stuff in that video, including the um, typical uh, Stamp Act, the Quartering Act, you know, back back in the 1700s, and then, very significantly, the Great Awakening. So can you give us a little bit of a feel today, Jerry, of some of the things that led up to our independence as a nation? And, um, Jerry, i, I got to say right away, what struck me was that there was a hungering and a thirsting after righteousness once the preaching of God's word became more pervasive among the colonists. And uh, yeah. that, that seems so key to me. So why don't you take it away? Sure. And, and let me just uh, just set a couple things here. First of all, I want to say that Providence Forum, is, uh, which was founded by Dr. Peter Lilbeck and then given to D. James Kennedy Ministries. And Peter Lilbeck and I wrote a big, thick book on the faith of George Washington, and he is the president of Westminster Seminary. And I just want to mention that, though. And then in the meantime, there's this film, The Road to Independence, is literally part of a seven-episode series, an hour long each, on the Judeo-Christian roots of America. The whole series is called The Foundation of American Liberty. And if anybody asks me, well, what is the foundation of American liberty? It's our Judeo-Christian heritage. And as far as The Road to Independence, this hour-long documentary, which really fits in well with, you know, July 4th, our Independence Day, and so forth, it shows how Christianity played a role that is unsung today, but a very pivotal role in uh, in the whole push for independence. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and so, and I could give specific examples if you wish. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in some of those, and any quotations that come from the players of that time. Uh, one one little tidbit that amazed me was how that uh, Benjamin Franklin um, really came to appreciate um, the preaching of George Whitfield so much so that he would print Whitfield's sermons and he would he would basically note that as the gospel spread, crime went down and self-government went up. That is a major need for us today. Oh, that's true. In fact, there's a Baylor University professor talking about today uh, named Dr. Byron Johnson, and he wrote a book a couple years ago called More God, Less Crime. Yeah. And he is a he is a first-rate researcher, professor, uh, maybe the word would be sociologist, but he studies the impact of religion 
on society. He used to be a professor, by the way, first time I ever interviewed him, was at the University of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, so that's where he used to be. Then he moved on to Princeton, and now he's at Baylor. And uh, again, more God, less crime. But this is exactly what Benjamin Franklin saw through the ministry of uh, George Whitfield. George Whitfield was from England, and he was the great preacher of the Great Awakening. The first great preacher of the Great Awakening was Jonathan Edwards, uh, who never really, to my knowledge, never went much beyond Massachusetts. Well, he did become later the president of Princeton, uh, so obviously went on to New Jersey. Yeah. But, but bottom line is, uh, Whitfield took the, what started the sparks of revival, true revival, that started under Jonathan Edwards, and he took it and spread it all to the rest of, uh, you know, of, of America, up and down the coast. In fact, some, some scholars say that it's likely or possible that, uh, that Whitfield was the first person to go into uh, all, you know, the different colonies. Yes. Yes. Have you ever come across someone that very sincerely uh, objects to making some connections between Christianity and what took place at the time of the independence effort and say, oh, you really got to focus more on Christ? Um, They're basically putting it into an either or as opposed to both and saying yes this is just the natural implications of a people whose heart is right with god uh, have you come across folks like that well meaning but of a of a different opinion yes it it uh, basically here's the bottom line is for 150 years before the time of american independence the ministers especially of new england that really gets back to the puritans as they called through the Bible for biblical principles, they saw over and over and over the the biblical concept of covenant, and and so they they felt that that the biblical concept of covenant was so important, and in a very real sense, the American Constitution and before it the Declaration of Independence are in the tradition of the biblical concept of covenant, uh. and that's a really important point. As Oz Guinness put it one time, he said it this way. He said, the biblical concept of covenant gave rise to the American Constitution. Mm. And in a very real sense, in, when we talk about like Romans 13 or that kind of thing, Romans 13 is an example where basically it says that we are to uh, you know, uh, obey the authorities that are in charge. Well, what's the authority in America? For us, it's the Constitution. Yes. But what was the authority for those British colonists in North America whose rights were being taken away over and over and over at the time, you know, this this ongoing conflict? Yeah. And the answer is the British Constitution was what was in charge. Okay. It was the British Constitution, uh, you know, that was not being followed. And so, as one of the ministers put it, he said, for all practical purposes, the king, by disobeying, you know, the laws of God, he has unkinged himself. That's very interesting <laughs> That's idea. fascinating. And, yeah, that is. And that, that was the Reverend Jonathan Mayhew. 
the, the link between the ministers, especially the ministers of New England and independence, just cannot be under understated. And that yeah. was part of the whole point of the documentary, The Road to Independence. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I've, I've thought about um, in the contemporary case, you know, people are, I want to say, up in arms as a play on words over, over the Second Amendment. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is part of our Constitution. We don't bring it up for a vote. This is, this is who we are. And I think, I think some, of the, some of the justices get that on the Supreme Court, and they, they say, wait a minute, what was the construct of the Constitution? What is it actually saying? And therefore, that's what it means. We don't try to twist the words and make it into our own image, and we don't bring it up for a vote. I mean, it is what it is. That's, that's America. If you start chipping away at that and putting it into Congress and saying, okay, let's, let's tweak this here and there. No, that's not what it means. It's, you'll have to rip the Constitution up and start over again, maybe, and I hope they don't do that. But um, anyway, I don't want to say too much more, and we'll talk a little bit about um, this road to independence that we saw in the American colonies. Sure. Well, uh, here's one of the things. One of the questions often asked is, should ministers be involved in the the whole issue of of church and state? Should they be Should they be doing that? Yes. And so that's a big question that people will often ask. And one of the things that we did in the documentary is we contrasted two ministers who were on opposite ends of that particular spectrum. Okay. In fact, they were two brothers, the Muhlenberg brothers, and. The Muhlenberg brothers, one, felt that, yes, ministers should be involved because that's what God has called us to do in terms of defending our homeland. That's what they felt. Okay, that was Peter John Gabriel Muhlenberg. Well, Peter John Gabriel Muhlenberg was, uh, he was the man that, in effect, Mel Gibson, in his movie, he made him kind of the prototype. Remember there was a scene with a minister? And the minister said, there's a time and a place for everything under the sun, and now is the time yes. you know, for us to, to defend our country land. Remember that? Yes, yeah. and, so that and as I recall, he grabbed his, his weapon, and, and off he went. Yes, and he, he also recruited a number of people <laughs> uh, for you know, a number of men, and successfully he did that. And so this is very interesting, because basically, so this one brother— Peter, Peter John Muhlenberg, he said we need to be involved, and he, he did get involved. Now, meanwhile, he had a brother, and his brother was a minister, also a Lutheran minister, and his brother was ministering in New York City. And the brother wrote, the older brother, Frederick Augustus Muhlenberg, wrote to his brother Peter and said, you shouldn't be involved in politics like this. What are you doing? And Peter said, "Well, you're just a Tory sympathizer." You know, we cover all this in the in the uh, in the the film. And so, anyway, bottom line is, uh, we show how they went back and forth on this point. And then, what happened was in New York City, where Frederick Augustus was ministering, the British came in and they attacked. They attacked the churches oh. in particular. They they actually went after the churches. They attacked the churches. And lo and behold, Frederick Augustus had a change of heart 
And that ended up causing a huge difference yes. in in the world. And so you know, you're, this you're, is really amazing. You're pointing something out here. It's 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 resonating with a, a feeling I've had for a long time, and that is that some of the root cause of the deterioration of love for God and for country in our own day actually comes from the pulpits of America, where the pastors don't see rightly, and they they see that um, there's this great divide between preaching the Word of God and actually living it out in the world, almost like a radical two-kingdom view. But um, these men saw the connection, and they acted accordingly. Yes, yes, and I think this is really important to, to point out. I think Here's, here's an example, because I worked for D. James Kennedy Ministries, and Dr. Kennedy sometimes was accused of preaching politics. But let me take a specific example. He said, Dr. Kennedy did, that from the beginning of the church to the present, we have always been opposed to abortion. We've always been, and, and we've always, we being the church of <laughs> Christ, has provided loving alternatives to abortion. And so... This has been, you know, this is really an important point. So the church has been opposed to abortion and is providing loving alternatives. Now, in the last generation or two in modern America, abortion has become supposedly a political issue. And so if a minister were to preach from the pulpit, um, you know, let's say Psalm 139 and say abortion is wrong. Look what the Bible says about how God knit us together in our Mm -hmm. mother's womb and so forth, then all of a sudden he gets accused of preaching politics? No, he's doing what the church has always been doing. So in other words, sometimes there are political implications to what the Word of God has to say. And if that's preaching politics, quote-unquote, you know, so be it. I I think a lot of what's happened today is some ministers feel like, well, I don't know. I think in some cases maybe they're well-meaning and they're thinking, well, I don't want to offend people in my congregation because Jesus said, treat others as you want them to treat you, and you don't want to needlessly offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's one possibility. Another possibility is that they're afraid of losing donors or tax-exempt status, um, you know, that kind of thing. So, yes. bottom line is that we need to be faithful where God has called us. And I think this is this is part of the breakdown, Dan, in modern society, is that Many portions of the church are just not being faithful where God has called them to be. Yes. You know, you know, God hasn't called us to save the world. God, God called Jesus to save the world. Yes. But God uses us, and especially when we're faithful in the very little place, you know, in the place where God has put us. And so I think that's very important. Yeah, yeah. Well, today we're talking with Dr. Jerry Newcomb, and he serves as executive director of the Providence Forum and now part of D. James Kennedy Ministries, and uh, he has been a senior producer and on-air host for that that group, and he's produced... I still am. You still are, okay. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's like 71-hour television specials that you've produced. And tell us a little bit more about the stuff that you do, and then we'll go back and talk more about this road to independence. Well, by the grace of God, I'm the longest-lasting employee of D. James Kennedy Ministries. 
for 37 years. I, they just see. can't get rid of me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, too. My responsibilities change through the years. I mean, for example, nowadays, by the grace of God, I'm able to write a column once a week, and it goes out all over the place. Neat. And I'm, I'm really thankful for that. And um, But that's all an outgrowth of the same, you know, it's all the same thing that, that, yeah. that I'm involved in. And in the meantime... Uh, when Dr. Kennedy was alive, and then even when he went on to glory, we've been able through the years to make a lot of documentaries that are on the, the cutting edge. Uh, so just in the last year, the, the, the whole team at D. James Kennedy Ministries has been involved in specials, of, you know, like five things the left doesn't want you to know, hope for America, the tragedy of gender confusion, and so forth. And then there's also these historical documentaries. Now, those exclusively, I've been the one involved in making those. That's neat. While also working on the other ones as well. But I've made one on the pilgrims to basically to celebrate the 400th anniversary of, of Mayflower, which was a huge deal. And and unfortunately, that anniversary came and went without much acknowledgement or recognition. And I think that's a shame because... In the cabin of the Mayflower, Dan, the pilgrims started the process of American constitutionalism. Oh. I referred earlier to the, you know, the whole idea of covenant. They, they were on board that ship, and they knew that some of the people, some of the men that they had hired, who were sympathetic to their cause, which was to create a Christian commonwealth in the mm-hmm. new world, and you know, basically centered around the Bible. But they were members of the anglican church some of these strangers that they had hired and not directly members of their covenant which they had created when they became a secret congregation Mm -hmm. in england so many years before so the pilgrims knowing that they had heard rumbles that's that you know what if miles standish the soldier and security guard and military man all rolled into one what if he were to strike out on his own in in the new world since we're blown off course they were in Cape Cod, they were not in uh, the northern parts of Virginia, which is where they were sailing for. Right. And so what they did was they made world history in the cabin of the Mayflower. They sat down before one foot was stepped on American soil. They, they wrote up Mayflower Compact hmm. in the name of God. Amen. We whose names are underwritten, having undertaken a voyage for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith uh, and the honor of our king and so forth. They said, we do covenant and combine ourselves into a civil body politic. And then each man signed that document. There were more men that signed the Mayflower Compact, 41, than there were men who signed the U.S. Constitution. That's amazing. Which was 39 out of the 55 men who met. <laughs> and uh, it, it is amazing. But but the whole point is that this this agreement, this written agreement for self-government, you know, in the cabin of the Mayflower, which they learned from the Bible, became the first step towards the creation of our constitutional republic. I just think mm. that's just so important. And another written document, of course, extremely important, is the one we celebrate on the 4th of July, because the 4th of July, 1776, that's the date when the 56 men in Philadelphia and the Continental Congress, they gave a voice vote to approve the final wording of the Declaration of Independence. And the Declaration of Independence is like the Mayflower Compact, not as directly Christian, but it's still, it mentions God four times, but most importantly, it says our rights come from the Creator. Yes. And I'll tell you what, 
you know, you look at world history and you could almost, you know, you just tell, was this country practicing the idea that the rights come from the creator or, uh, you know, on the other hand, let's say Nazi Germany, where it's all up to the state and there is no God to whom you can appeal. Mm. Same thing with the Soviet Union. There is no God to whom you can appeal. And what happened? Human rights were completely abused and millions and millions of people were killed because it was all based on a humanistic foundation. America, for all of its warts and problems, and yes, we had some issues that needed to be corrected. Sure. And by the grace of God, they were corrected. <laughs> but anyway, uh, in fact, your state, aren't you in Pennsylvania? No, I'm in uh, New York. Oh, you're in New York. Okay, well, you're, New York played a pivotal role as well. But anyway, <laughs> bottom line is, sorry about that. I was going to say that in it was in Gettysburg, you know, where that was the real turning point of, of the Civil War. And the Civil War helped solve, you know, a big problem that existed from America. But here's the key. The founders created the framework by which the things that were wrong could one day be solved. And, and you know, even even in our own time. The Supreme Court made a terrible decision 49 years ago in Roe v. Wade. That's true. And and now a current court has has overturned that mm-hmm. officially. So we praise God for that that new decision. Yes. The Dobbs case. So it's a really, you know, it's an important thing and and people need to realize that that God-given rights is the essence of America and and we have to cling to that and get back to that and that's what a lot of the founding fathers were fighting for. Yes, and I, I want our listeners left with the idea that it is a both and. Yes. Um, you can have a spiritual awakening and a reformation in the land that goes along with the Christian faith. You're not in violation of anything, nothing. You're just being yourself. You're being a Christian man or woman acting out. Uh, his principles in this world, it brings glory to God. And don't let the left throw a monkey wrench in the works and say, oh, we need separation of church and state. One piece has to be totally secular, while the other can be religious, as long as it stays within the four walls of the church. I'm very sensitive to that, because the outworking of the other view leaves you with a godless society. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. In a, in a, in a, here's what the Congress said, or the Founding Fathers, and it was the Congress, in the Bill of Rights, 1791. Do you remember earlier I was mentioning these two brothers? Yes. And the one said you shouldn't be involved in politics. The other one said yes. Okay, the man had a change of heart, Frederick Augustus Muhlenberg. He said, yeah, Christians should be involved. Pastors should be involved <laughs> you know, in politics because look what the British did to his church. They destroyed it and so forth. That's right. And so he went on to become the first speaker of the House of Representatives. Under his leadership, they passed the first Bill of Rights. That's neat. The, the first ten amendments of the U.S. Constitution, including Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Yes. Historically— what I just quoted, the first part of the First Amendment, was understood to mean there should be no national denomination in the United States, but people are free to worship and practice their religion as they see fit. Yeah. In other words, the right of conscience was being honored. Today, in effect, there is an established religion. It's a religion of no God. You know, I mean, for example, in, in public schools. That's basically uh, right. I agree yeah, with that. It, it, so it's really a scary thing. In fact, there's an episode, nobody's seen it yet, but we've edited it, called The the Beginning of Wisdom. And it's all about how the Bible gave birth to education in America. And near the end, we deal with the, 
the problem of where this where the schools went wrong and how the secularism in effect some of the Supreme Court rulings you know banning God from the public arena for all practical purposes yeah basically gave us you know a secular wasteland and that is not at all what the founders intended no. John Adams said our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people it is wholly inadequate to the government of any other so this whole series the foundation series of which the road to independence is one deals with these things and if you don't mind my saying providenceforum.org has the information on where people can see the film where you can get a dvd or maybe stream it online and so forth. It's, again, called The Road to Independence. Well, that's beautiful. I was going to ask you for that, and you've already anticipated it, given it to the people, and mention it one more time so somebody can grab a pen and just mark it down on a piece of paper. ProvidenceForum.org Oh, beautiful. Our guest today has been Dr. Jerry Newcomb, Executive Director of the Providence Forum, works for D. James Kennedy Ministries. Jerry, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. 